guys and welcome to Nisi Lexi. I am super, super excited to have with us a wonderful guest, okay? This guest, I have been knowing her for the past 15 years. So this is the one and only Shinke, Miss KK. All right, welcome to our live chat, Shinke. How are you doing? I'm doing good and thank you for having me here. No worries, no worries. So today, me and Shinke are going to be doing a lot of girl stuff, chit-chatting, talk about beauty secrets and what have you because uh, Shinke has actually been working in a lot of like, you know, home remedy and kind of using organic tools and kind of like, trying to do some facial cleansing. She's just gonna be talking all about that. But before we dive deeper, Shinke is also a peer worker for the mental health community. She helps a lot of support our community by giving them uh, assessments and whatnot, but I'm gonna let her explain her role and actually kind of like dive deeper in the things that she does. Shinke, please introduce yourself to our audience. So I'm Shinke. Now I work in a community mental health um, program. Uh, my position is peer worker. And so it's a whole multidisciplinary team setting where you have so many different disciplines. So social work, nursing, psychiatrists, case managers, and then I, the peer worker. Yes. We work together to help work, help serve the adults with severe mental health. And so we do a lot of visits in the community, support with medications, support with accompanying to court, uh, doctor appointments, uh, the, the office of the public guardian trustee. So that's mm -hmm. like all financial. But of course, this is, this is all con uh, before pre-COVID. So oh. now it's much different, but I mean, that's, we are busy, busy yeah. helping out. So I would consider you also, guys, are one of uh, our for essential worker, like frontline worker currently since the COVID hit. A exactly. lot of the business has been impacted. So how have you positioned been impacted with the whole COVID, like as a social uh, mental health uh, supervisor? Kind of okay. Well, so in community mental health, um, so in our team, I was just temporarily laid off with pay. Mm -hmm. I I did I was involved in some redeployment, mm -hmm. um, it, but it was supportive housing settings, uh, and and for a couple of months until I returned back. Oh, so okay. in terms of paycheck, that wasn't affected, mm -hmm. um, but uh, just many staff were laid off because I'm considered a contractor through St. Michael's. So we were off, and so what happened was some programs that were considered more recreational, mm -hmm. they were closed down. Uh, there was one particular program called STAR. Uh, the It was through the STAR Learning Center, which mm -hmm. ran at the Christian Resource Community Center, actually. Mm -hmm. That was closed down due to funding and all of and COVID and everything. Yeah. But for our team, it was still running, but it just changed a lot. So we didn't do as much uh, visits in person. We did a lot of Zoom groups. Um, in, yeah, so in-person client groups were off. Uh, we did, we do, we run our groups through Zoom actually. So art groups, skills groups, bingo, mm -hmm. uh, uh, morning check-ins. And then we do a lot of check-in calls with clients. Yeah. We got. We were fortunate to get some donated tablets and phones. Well, that's incredible. 
to give to some clients who don't have that access if they were willing to accept, which mm -hmm. most did, and just it's slowly increasing our visits. Yeah. Uh, so for actually for this month, we're increasing social engagement visits, maximum 20 minutes, but mm -hmm. with the condition that we were providing masks to clients and if they don't wear it, visit is terminated. That's so. Because you guys are always wanted to put like help of the people first. Obviously. Exactly. Being in that uh, healthcare positions, you have to also yeah. protect yourself and also protect the patients. And I like the fact that you guys are being more proactive and also like kind of um, creating a new normal. Like for example, I didn't know that you guys are actually now turning all the uh, consultation to Zooming. Uh, and then also like offering tablets for clients who don't have access to it so that they can have access to those services even virtually. Exactly. Yeah, it's exactly. And oh, we also actually, I'm going to try to remember as much as I can. So we actually had quite a lot of donated funds. Mm -hmm. So um, a staff from the from another program called Steps. So mm -hmm. by the way, I work on the focus team. So okay. that's, I work in that. So how... Can we, like, as a society, help with, you know, like, with the initiative, or actually continue supporting you guys? Like, what other resources are available there that we can, like, kind of, as a community, join and help? So, I guess if there are any, um, I would say, in the, so in the field of mental health, mm -hmm. I would say helping out with if there are any donations for food banks. You know, because a lot of my clients. They need that help as much mm -hmm. as they can. Maybe not everybody accesses that, but that would be helpful. Uh, and I've worked in a shelter before, so mm -hmm. volunteering to be able to help make meals for a day once a month or something for uh, those who live in shelter settings or boarding home settings. Um, oh, and I, mean, I think the biggest thing that we can learn about is avoiding and eliminating stigma related to mental health because i because uh, uh, i work i always visit clients in some of the most uh, impoverished or priority areas of need and so there's quite certain areas of the city where it's uh uh where it's a little bit more busier and mm -hmm. so i think just that education and you know, just uh, being kind to some of the individuals who you may suspect that there's some mental health challenge. Just, you know, kind acts, kind words, a smile. Most definitely. If, and if there is a, yeah, and, and one of the stigma, it's uh, that they're all aggressive. Yeah. So if there is a fear of that, I mean, I, I understandable, but other than that, just a kind word kind smile i think that's important for our team uh, for our from for our clientele because i see a lot because the ones i work with they're very sweet very a lot many are very pleasant um so just helping that, that's great info that you put it right there and also you do a lot of beauty secrets here and there you develop your own skin regimen and work very like with organic content can you dive a little deeper on how, what got you started to do that? Okay. So what, what, so what happened was when I used to start using products from like Sephora, Shoppers Drug Mart, etc. sometimes I would find that they would maybe sometimes work, mm -hmm. 
-hmm. But then sometimes I found that it was very irritating for me personally, skin product wise, mm -hmm. and reading all those ingredients. It sounded like I was learning a new language every time. <laughs> it was like 20, one freaking ingredient had like 20, 30 damn letters in it. And I'm just like, what is this? <laughs> and then I, and <laughs> I was like, you know what? Let me, let me learn. Um, and also, I also realized that in ancient Egypt, in ancient whatever, China, so-and-so, mm -hmm. that when they used to take care of their skin, they would use things found in nature. So then I, and they, there's no Sephora back then. So I'm just like, maybe that would be something to experiment. But, yeah. the, but the first breakthrough for me was I was getting facial waxing or threading done. Mm -hmm. And I got a bunch of whiteheads on my face. Like, they weren't large, but just really small ones. Yeah. And my my brow lady, she recommended rose water. So I, I bought rose water, and I used it for a week, and it went away. Like, it, there was no sign that I had that whitehead. It was all gone. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to play around mm -hmm. with ingredients and try this out and see how it goes. And so since then... I make my own like facial spray. Uh, like I love using oils, mm. um, hair stuff, uh, body care, like everything that I've mm. just started working out with. So, so what would you? Because a lot of us are right now like you know chilling at home because of the whole COVID nineteen. We're still trying to look good on the camera. We do a lot of zooming for our jobs. So what would you see like with your Makeup secret or get ready for Zoom Okay. Well, I won't spill out the ingredients or amounts or anything like that. Like, what you could do to just kind of like make yourself look fresh and awakened. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so what I'm thinking of, so my ideas are coming up. Hopefully, we'll be launching soon. So uh, basically making my own facial toner spray. Yeah. Um, so things like rose water, which it's great for refreshing the skin um, and removing excessive oil for all you oily skin people. Uh, uh, <laughs> never stops. And then witch hazel, which is also for oily skin. Great for that. Mm -hmm. It's an So, um, and then, oh, and then sometimes making my own I guess you could call it serum moisturizer. So playing around with items like uh, jojoba, almond oils, uh, hyaluronic acid. Yeah. So I kind of use that together as a serum slash primer. And then mm -hmm. um, what else? So those are my basics. And then so and then uh, that's for every day. Yeah. And then those the routine that is more weekly. So using, uh, making masks yeah. once a week. And so, and I'm, I can't wait. To, I'm just so excited to talk about greens, but basically using things like charcoal <laughs> powder, green clay, uh, white clay, uh, manuka honey, yeah. you, because based and b basing my routine on the properties of the items, which, yeah, I, I'm glad to discuss uh, later on, and so I just in, in mixing some of uh, some of the toner mm 
yeah. with the clay to make a mask and um, honey, manuka honey. So, um, and most of the stuff that you do is actually uh, organic, like it's, it's nothing chemically added or whatnot. It's it's all plant based. So, hope I'm I hope I try to eliminate as much fancy schmancy words as possible. So anything that sounds like Laura, uh, sodium, this, that, the, yeah. the other thing, I'm, I try to avoid it unless it's plant-based again. So I, yeah. And organic, uh, if I can, as much as possible. But uh, definitely the key is, um, but yeah, the plant-based. That's, that's incredible because I feel like a lot of times when you really, really like need to deal with sensitive, sensitive skin issues or kind of like making sure that it's not irritated or whatnot, always going with the organic route is always the best options. Exactly. Yeah, because sometimes um, when you have like added chemicals in there, they always tend to be like very harsh on the skin, especially for me. But generally speaking, whenever mm -hmm. I try to test new product, it either makes my skin dry or it just kind of like irritated and get some rashes and i my face is super oily as you can see <laughs> yes so you're looking good so far unless uh unless you're trying to <laughs> it is so what are other tips for somebody who have super like me for example oily skin and i wanted to minimize that and reduce it okay sure so again everybody's skin and body is different in terms of how they react what their skin allergies are but i'll talk about general info so talking about let's talk ingredient wise yeah rose water very refreshing can help with excessive sebum which is the oil the natural oil that we produce on our face okay. witch hazel that's an astringent so astringent meaning that it helps to clear uh, and clean um, excessive oil. Yeah. Um, some things are, so for Manuka honey, so honey itself, especially raw, the, the less preserved, the better. So there's regular honey, which is like that dark golden color, but yeah. there's raw honey, which is, it has a clearish color or Manuka, which is from a, which is from a special flower actually. And that's much more yeah. expensive. Uh, that's antibacterial. So if you have um, a lot of blackheads, whiteheads, things like that, it's great for that. Uh, in terms of oils, so this is one common myth, which I actually learned too. Mm -hmm. A lot of people think that if you're oily skin, that you should never use oil on the skin. But it's not. that's not the case. It depends on, like I said, sometimes you just have to play around with it. Yeah. But it depends on the type of oil. So, for instance, castor oil is an astringent. It helps to clean excess. So, one product that I'm excited to hopefully share soon, it's yeah. oil cleansers. So, yeah. using oils to cleanse the face. Uh, so, castor oil is an astringent. Mm -hmm. uh, jojoba oil is, cl is the closest to our natural skin oil. So, oh. that's really good. Yeah, jojoba it's the i think i believe texture wise it's the closest so it's a great one um tea tree uh and 
Yeah, tea tree oil is antibacterial, antifungal. So again, acne. But again, just taking the precautions that it's an essential oil. So essential oils are those that you have to use tiny amounts. You have to dilute it. Yeah. Tea tree. Um, Would you be also doing um, some hair product regimen and things like that in your collection? Hopefully, eventually, it would be interesting to explore that, you know, using some of the ingredients. But yeah, I'm I'm more than willing. I'm always learning and uh, playing around. I've started with skincare a lot. Yeah. I've done some hair stuff for myself. Um, yeah. I've done some. Um, and so, yeah, I've done a little bit of that. Yeah. Um, back to ingredients. Um like sweet, uh, like almond oil is really nice and moisturizing and it's lightweight. So yeah. the key for oily skin is using oils that are lightweight. So for example, yeah, for, for instance, um, yeah, almond, jojoba, uh, which actually, uh, tamanu, sea buckthorn, that's like those kind of lightweight oils, it's great to use. That's a lot of great ingredients, and we look Good. forward to see your, you know, beauty care, uh, what's it called, regimen once it's all out and about, because I know right now you're in the process of developing and current marketing, yeah. so we're excited to see that happen. <laughs> she will actually be coming, joining us later on once her product is launched, and then we can come back here again and do a little testing live on... For sure, <laughs> for sure. That's incredible. So what are other hobbies have you picked up during the COVID? Um, well, because again, uh, so for a couple of months when I was off, mm -hmm. I, again, sometimes I just liked reading up about ingredients. I had started even earlier before, but just further exploring. Mm -hmm. I was obsessed with watching food videos and recipes <laughs> in March and April. My gosh. Yum. And then uh, you're the secret chef, right? Kind of, yeah. I like playing around, like I like watching things. What's food. your favorite dish? Holy crap, that's hard to say. Oh, because food is love. Yeah. Uh <laughs> it's hard, but I like rices. And if I had to choose one grain that would live for life, probably rice. You can do so so much with rice. You can Make it vegetarian. You can make it meat based. You can use spices. You can use veggies, fruits, which is which sounds funny. Maybe not all fruits, but like for example, cranberry and whatever, or raisin. You can do that with it. You can make it spicy, sweet. Um, Definitely, rice everything. has a lot of variety of like concepts yeah. you can turn out to, and also rice comes in so many forms. Like there is the. Um, biryani rice kind of and then there's a grain one like there's so many forms of it and i feel like exactly basmati yeah. and brown and wild rice um jasmine which it's it's so fragrant uh, <laughs> uh long grain like there's and the way you cook each type of rice is different the taste is slightly different like there's so much to play around just like how i find cooking to be an art, I find my I find beauty products to be such an art because you're designing things according to what you want it to look like, what you want it to be, what what your personal uh, skin 
mm-hmm. uh, situation is like whether you're oily, you're dry, but sensitive. Uh, uh, what else? Like yeah, whether you're having oily skin or wrinkles or yeah. scars, you're designing according to what you need. Yeah. And also, just to mention to the people that don't know that Shinki is actually a great editor. She is one of my editors. <laughs> yeah, so how did you come about um, kind of like have the idea to, you know, to be more of an entrepreneurial spirit? Have you always like as a kid, you taught, you taught yourself as an entrepreneur or did you kind of develop it as a, an adult? I think I just kind of thought of it as an... young adult um like when i was younger i never said oh i want my own business Mm -hmm. but just learning about things and seeing how i can bring knowledge into a certain field that's that always intrigued me so for instance um and i've used it in times of struggle personal struggle Mm -hmm. so times where i found it difficult to find a job on my own in retail or i didn't or i faced that struggle to go out and apply for for a job or, or I just I just didn't have that courage and, yeah. and like the experience and you know I felt those when I lacked that experience or skills at the time um, and then I thought okay maybe which this is true by the way I actually used to I started going into babysitting for uh, families starting to uh, do tutoring and then I tutored from as young as kindergarten all the way up to grade 12 mostly grade 11 I did some grade 12 mm-hmm. uh, um, and so doing all subjects math and English and um, science mm-hmm. I always in, in, enjoyed interacting with students because I, I loved working with students and you know mm-hmm. being involved in the helping field so i would say i always had a strong interest in education mm-hmm. uh social work health care any of those fields i really liked and i think those yeah, interests yeah. manifested themselves through the um babysitting and the child care yeah. and all that that's amazing because from your stories you share with me this experience being a babysitter being a tutor I feel like there's so yeah. passion going behind it that has to do what you do, what you do, but then now I can ask yeah. like why you picked that route. Yeah. And then also I wanted to know like, um, what was some of the hardest or difficult things when you decided to be like, you know what, I want to babysit or I want a tutor? What, what was some of the, uh, the gap that you have reached and how did you overcome it? Okay, good question. So for tutoring, so well, number one, I was scared. Like, what if I forgot my material? Because <laughs> I ain't about to tutor. And I go and I'm charging twenty bucks an hour. And I sit there, the clueless as shit. Sorry about the language. It's just let's let's spice it up a bit here. The, that, especially grade twelve, I will say. Um, <laughs> number two, you gotta know your stuff. Yeah. So no, I used to be afraid. I'm like, okay, am I confident enough? Number two, family dynamics. So hopefully working with adults who weren't, you know, where I could get along with them, 
with the parents and figure out how to help the child and to explain my skills and experience and also tutoring according to the child to the students learning ability uh, learning styles that's one of the hardest things about teaching a lot of people i find that teachers are unfortunately very undermined with their abilities they're not they're not as respected as they should be in terms of i find like salary wise their role their profession sometimes i i think they need more of that recognition but yeah it's not easy to tutor because a lot of people most people will majority of people will have an expertise but when it comes to teaching it or explaining it they would not be able to pull it off period they would lose their shit if they tried because i've seen people who my actually one of my younger brothers he's a year younger than me and you have to be patient if you're teaching yeah exactly patient he would he knew like he did mechanical engineering technology and when my younger brother other younger brothers would ask for help he's like you just do this this that like he knew how to do it but he couldn't explain it so that's a whole different area skill area that many people can't pull off so that it it was hard i will say if just trying to learn to adapt but eventually like most of my students that was really good uh for babysitting I would say, like, I've always, like, I've had younger siblings, so I have an eight, ten-year difference with my youngest sibling, so I was always involved in that growing up, and, of course, I learned about discipline and all that through the years. Uh, I was very different from when I was 14 to now, 15 years later, Uh, and um, so for that, for children, yeah, learning how to relate to them and how to discipline because especially when you have parents the ones who have really high expectations or those who kind of have a bit of that attitude where they're kind of like oh like you didn't do this and that i was i I was not about to deal with some of that nonsense but unfortunately and even in my career i have to sometimes work with family members and uh of the client and so that's an but it's an important part of the role yeah but um eventually like there's one family that i worked with for i've known them almost actually this november will be eight years since i've known them so that they were the longest that i've ever been with and you know i eventually at first it was hard i i tell you at first but you gotta dive your feet into the water and kind of get used to it and kind of yeah and to to oh man getting challenged yeah i still remember the the pillow fight days and <laughs> you're the worst babysitter ever uh i'll I'm gonna mommy's gonna fire you this <laughs> like long ago oh man and i used to actually i felt bad like i would take it personally like, oh, yeah man, like what if and then i realized you know what i'm gonna still stand my ground and be warm and firm and it, and then eventually it stopped and it, it, it turned very well. Sometimes it, it seemed to me, sorry to cut you off, it seemed to me that being a babysitter and being a teacher, it's kind of you have to have similar skills because you have to be super patient, but also you have you are trying to raise somebody and teach them different ethics and how to go about and become as an individual. 
So that's all kind of like intertwined. And the fact that you kind of work in both fields is kind of take, it works in your advantage. If you say that. Right. And I, and I actually have to do it in my role right now. Sometimes I'm explaining something to a client, which is not that, this isn't that often, but sometimes it can, trying to provide psychoeducation. So psychoeducation is just a fancy word for um, helping uh, clients or those that we work with learn about something. So it can be nutrition, it can be health and well-being, it can be anything. So I've done a lot of that and it's not always easy. So, <laughs> What would you say, like, you know, as a you know, university student, always joke around, they're like, oh, there's some classes that I took, like, it never actually benefited me. But what would you say was, like, one of the course that you took in undergrad that today is actually have a bigger impact on you? The class, a class that impacted me? Okay. Yeah. So, there's quite a bit. Well, there's psychotherapy. Mm -hmm. There was... Hmm. There was quite a bit because, like, so courses like, um, like history of human migration, or well, that was one, but history of European sexuality that was an elective course, by the way. That was not, and uh, that it helped me learn about so, especially when it comes to views and ideas how there's always all these different ideas, but how um, how different views can be conflicting and clashing, but how the, there's no negativity there. That's the beauty of uh, many, uh, many disciplines like humanities, history, world religion, philosophy, is that there's so many different ideas and no one is really wrong, but it's just like, it, it helps me to look at things differently. So, and, and speaking of looking at things, uh, different ideas differently. So for instance, I work in community mental health. And so one, sometimes many common ideas, and I've fallen into being guilty myself, yeah. is that, oh, um, this person just doesn't want to talk because you know, some of them, uh, maybe we think that they're mean or something. We always like to attribute to um, personal characteristics and qualities. But after learning, actually, even at work, one of the psychologists, she used to do skills training with us. We were learning about trauma-informed care, which I also learned through psychotherapy course, slightly touched on it, how a person's trauma affects the way and how they relate to others and so it's like that's interesting and then i realized i'm like yes because a person's life a story shapes their views and it's uh and it writes a script for them what they've seen and what they've learned and so sometimes that's little scope and bubble that they've been living in for so long Sometimes it's challenging for them to go beyond and do something. And that script has taught them how to relate to others. And so when, so that made me realize, oh, that's interesting. Like, I didn't think about that. And now I always use that in my, um, that's, that's, that's my, important. my background, like work every day, uh, some 
for, for instance, uh, when someone does something that's a little bit challenging, sometimes I don't even call it challenging. Sometimes I find it amusing or interesting. Not not laughing. <laughs> sometimes I just say that's interesting that they did this and kind of looking for the the positive side. So I'd be like, yeah, wow, they're creative to be able to pull that off. Or wow, like they're quite interesting for that. Yeah. Sometimes just uh, finding the interesting sides to everything. Um, or as I, how I like to call it, how my clientele, I call it the spice of life. You know, everyone is so different and unique. They bring their skills and areas of need are so different. Yeah. And so it's taught me that. So that's, that's incredible. I love the fact that you're able to use some of the materials and the content that you learned from undergrad and applied. For me, I felt like um, when I took my uh, leadership class, I actually was the well, that was like the first time where I went into class. I was a health science student, but then I took this class as an elective. And when I went in there, the professor in our first week of lectures, he was like, oh, there's not a lot of women in the CEO levels. And the first thing that I we noticed was the um, the Pepsi CEO at the time. She was like one of the only women that was, was mentioned during the lecture. And mm -hmm. then there was other uh, three or four more in there, including Oprah. And I was like, wow, like this is a business class and there's a lot of female businesses in but the two levels are lacking for us. Then I started investigating more. I started watching podcasts and tech talks, and I got even more obsessed with ideas like the others, you know, in my female studios out there. And that's why, like, my start from business even like grew further. And even before that, I was like, mine was still there, but now understanding that there was no so much a lot of us within the gap, so I was like, okay, I want to be a part of that. So it's still down. And the second course that I took was also um, I took a communication course. And through the communication course, I was able to learn how to do, uh, how to understand how the works and how to like the copyright the message. And that's why I also reach out to you in regards to the editing because sometimes you can write a beautiful piece, but if that beautiful piece is it's not written correctly, it would not be oh, yeah. cross, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. So there's so many great things that you can learn from the classroom and transform into real life actions. And I like the fact that some of these courses that you took actually helps you in day-to-day jobs. And right. No, that's true. The most, you know, you can have all the knowledge in the world. Mm -hmm. You can have all the skills in the world. The key is being able to how to communicate that info. Yeah. So, for instance, I'll talk about both of our fields. I'll start yeah. with you first. Yeah. So, like, how you write blogs, but if you write blogs in a way that people can't understand, or it's not interesting, or it's not, it doesn't have some creativity, yeah. it's not going to be entertaining. It's uh, it's kind of drab and blah. Yeah. Now my field. So when I in, in another, so one example in my area is when I facilitate groups, which I've done quite a bit at, at work. And when I'm explaining something to someone, and it will vary with every individual, right? So, so um, as well. So when I provide education or when I'm facilitating a group, 
I need to talk about concepts in a way that's easy to understand and mm -hmm. considering their capacity and where they are at the moment. Because if I don't cater to that, it's going to be useless to them because they don't understand. Part of communication, it's not just one way. One, the first, the... Uh, the sender, so well, let's compare. So there's a sender and a receiver. Yeah. So this, the one who sends the information has to give, has to send info or communicate in a way that the receiver understands and can reflect upon it. Now, this is, this is effective communication skills. Yeah. They have to be able to understand, reflect upon it, and communicate back to the sender. So, sorry, this is all fancy-ish. That is, that's like, no, that's actually very important. Even for me, as I told you earlier, being in a kinesiology field, sometimes when, when we're in the lab talking and discussing among our colleagues, we have language that a normal person won't understand. And then exactly. like talking about VO2 max, ECG, and all that stuff, if <laughs> I want to go and explain that to a regular person, they'll be like, what is that? And then we would have to be like, oh, the Wingate test and all that stuff. They'll be like, what do you mean? And we're like, okay, get 30 minutes, is that is set yourself in a bicycle and then run as fast as you can and then we're going to try to measure your, your breathing that's how simple as it is so sometimes exactly you exactly. have to change the language around for people to understand and you yeah right. yeah and and it's okay sometimes if the first time it doesn't work out mm -hmm. and that the first time you that they couldn't understand then the second time you you attempt again with a different uh style to it yeah. it reminds me of like tutoring Right. If I keep, if I can't keep getting mad, if I'm explaining something, the same using the same technique over and over again to a student, because it's just it doesn't work for them. I have to find another way to do it. And so I used to, I I've had to manipulate and uh, be flexible with how to explain a concept. This is the this is part of the beauty of working with people. I think everyone needs to learn this skill. We think it's only in teaching and babysitting or working with people directly, but it's in every field, whether you're in digital marketing, whether you're a doctor, mm -hmm. uh, an accountant, a credit, a, a credit professional, mm -hmm. in retail, um, in every field, communication skills are so important. We always say that we we have strong communication skills on a resume, yeah. but many people really don't. Yeah. I think people, and it's because people have messed that up thing because there's oral skills, communication skills. They're not the same. Communication is not just being able to speak English, yeah. for instance. It's not the language. It's how you're able to work with others, how you collaborate with others. Yeah. Uh, so that there's a lot that we can go on that is true because even as a digital marketer sometimes i find myself when i'm doing consultation um i would explain a material to somebody like i'll explain a product and they'd be like what is that so i have to kind of explain it or use some everyday analogy or exactly. it back to their businesses and making sure be like okay since we're in this field use some keywords and kind of trying to help them understand and i can literally explain one product hundred times differently depending on the niche of the industry it is but it's the same exactly thing. exactly or even it remind yeah like or even being a babysitter for discipline yeah. for yeah. instance my technique is it's going to be very different with the 14 year old compared to the five-year-old 
Yeah. I have the same expectation. Yeah. Um, so I've learned a lot of things over the years, and which is key. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like there's so much I can talk about with that, which maybe <laughs> well, can be explored later on between ourselves. So. Awesome. Thank you so much, Shinke. So once you have launched your product, where can we find it? Like, where is your social media handle? How, do you have a Facebook page or anything that we can reach out and see the mass launching of your product? So that's still in the works. Mm -hmm. So uh, hopefully we'll keep working on it and yeah. keep you posted when everything's ready. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, so definitely I will be, whenever she's ready and she wants to, to write me, I will be including that information down in the description below. And thank you so much, Kinky, for being a part of our talk show today. I felt it's not a talk show, but our into life, into the discussions where we can be on information around the world. I felt your input today was very relevant because we came in here talking about beauty and then talking about mental health. And we ended with communications as being the key factor of all. <laughs> And yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Thank you so much for, for being here today. And I'll no. keep you posted and make sure do come back to our live show when once. Yes, yes, know. yes, of course. Uh, <laughs> I, I know where you're at, so I can always track you down if I need to, <laughs> hopefully. And now it's quarantine, so now you're not going anywhere. So, um, but yeah, I'm more than happy to come back and yeah explore and discuss more all right thank you so thank much you. and for our viewers at home we wish you all the best and enjoy your long weekend and this discussions will be aired on thursday this month obviously so i look forward to seeing you guys all have a good day and stay blessed thank you once again thank you you're welcome <laughs> take care